Today in Security from Wired. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas. Building a network to connect 40 million people to the internet. Cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a family moved to Napa and created one of the largest private wineries in the world. Cryptojacking has gotten out of control by Lily Hay Newman. Cryptojacking, which exploded in popularity this fall, has an ostensibly worthy goal. Use an untapped resource to create an alternative revenue stream for games or media sites and reduce reliance on ads. It works by embedding a JavaScript component in a website that can leverage a visiting device's processing power to mine a cryptocurrency, usually Monero. Each visitor might only do a tiny bit of mining while they're there, but every user lending some hash power over time can generate real money. And users might not even notice what's happening. In theory, it can be a win-win. In practice, not so much. As cryptojacking has spread around the web, largely thanks to the original in-browser miner, CoinHive, and its copycats, implementations have generally not lived up to those lofty aims. Instead, the technique is used to exploit unknowing people's resources, both their hardware and electric bills, and it is increasingly blocked as malware by scanners and ad blockers. So far, efforts to keep cryptojacking on the straight and narrow have largely fizzled. Easy money. Cryptojacking doesn't require a download, starts instantly, and works efficiently. Making it even more insidious, hackers can sneak a mining component onto unsuspecting websites and pilfer cryptocurrency off of the legitimate site's traffic. Illicit cryptojacking software has plagued unsuspecting sites like PolitiFact and Showtime. In one especially glaring incident from early December, a customer using the public Wi-Fi at a Buenos Aires Starbucks discovered that someone had manipulated the Wi-Fi system, delaying the connection in order to mine Monero from choppers' devices. Despite these high-profile sneak attacks, researchers say that most cryptojacking is intentional and that the practice is evolving in concerning ways. There was a steady increase in CoinHive usage through late November and early December, presumably driven by the surge in cryptocurrency valuations, says Paul Ducklin, senior technologist at the security firm Sophos. It's hard to guess the motivation of an unknown website operator, but based on an analysis of our detection data for the month of November, most coin mining sites were doing it on purpose, and a significant majority were taking all the CPU they could get. Those elevated processing demands can do real damage to victim devices over time. 
One type of Android malware called Lopi mines cryptocurrencies so intensely that it can cause physical harm to the devices it runs on. And since cryptojacking is so new, hackers still constantly develop innovations to maximize their intake. For example, CoinHive charges fees to website operators who use its mining script. So hackers have been avoiding those and dodging detection by malware scanners and ad blockers by hosting their own mining intermediary for JavaScript components to call back to. Scanners and blockers can easily blacklist anything talking to CoinHive, but it's much more difficult to keep up with an endless list of independent hosts. In another innovation from November, security researchers at Malwarebytes Labs discovered that some cryptojackers had found a way to persist even after users closed the mining tab. To do so, the cryptojacker opens a stealthy browser window called a pop-under that hides behind the Windows taskbar clock. No remedy. Coinhai responded to criticisms about lack of transparency by releasing a new version of its JavaScript miner called Altmine. Instead of running automatically and invisibly, Altmine takes the novel step of actually asking permission to run. But while that type of disclosure mechanism could legitimize cryptojacking, researchers say that it hasn't gained much ground and that it will be difficult, if not impossible, to completely rein more aggressive models in. Coinhive concedes that its attempt to close Pandora's box with the offmine version hasn't quite worked so far, in part because ad blockers and antivirus treat it the same way it does any other crypto tracker. At this point, we have to consider offmine to only be a partial success, the company said in a statement to Wired. Most ad blockers have now blocked offmine, despite our best intentions. Even some antiviruses like Norton consider offmine as a threat now, which entirely defeats the purpose of using offmine. Instead of our original implementation, we're looking for other ways to make this work. Sophos, for one, currently considers all cryptojackers to be parasitic malware. Browser developers, like those that work on the Chromium project that underlies Google Chrome, have also considered ways to handle cryptojacking and whether to block it to protect users. The Opera browser recently announced that it is adding a mechanism called Nullcoin to its built-in ad blocker to stop mining scripts. A browser transformation. As cryptojacking has taken off, it has also served as a sort of conceptual unifier for the various mining technologies that have been slowly percolating over the years. Coinhive has even started promoting a type of anti-spam mechanism called a proof-of-work captcha, an idea that has been around for years. Instead of checking whether a user is human, this tool solves processor-intensive mathematical mining puzzles to make it slower and less economically feasible for spammers to load certain pages or perform certain actions on a site. These captures result in less annoyance for individual users, but they tax device processors and can take a long time to finish on an older machine. The more these mining technologies layer on top of each other, whether for legitimate purposes or scams, the more web users may begin to experience a changed browsing landscape. Between October and November, the number of mobile devices that encountered at least one cryptojacking script increased by 287%, according to analysis by the mobile security firm Wondera. Cryptojacking could evolve to the point that the processing power of a user's device matters more than ever to their browsing experience, and even access to information and services, says Dan Cutterford, Wanderer's director of sales engineering. I still like what in mind are legitimate uses for cryptojacking, Cutterford says, but we may be in a situation in the future where you're able to get access more quickly because you're able to solve these puzzles faster. The faster the CPU you have, the quicker you can progress to the next screen. And everyone can start to be treated differently. Some uses of cryptojacking still offer opt-in transparency, 
the approach the security community has pushed for to legitimize and destigmatize the technology. But within the melange of sketchy uses, it's troubling to consider that in-browser mining could ultimately become its own form of paid prioritization, where the people who can afford more processing power are preferred by services online. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how this family created one of the largest private wineries in the world right now. We started making wine in 1948, one bottle at a time. Today, we produce nearly 20 million cases a year. Chubb has helped us grow for the past 30 years. They helped us prevent equipment problems during harvest and provided guidance when we started exporting internationally. Now we're working with them on cybersecurity. My grandfather taught me to make a wine that over-delivers. Chubb over-delivers. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.